produced by Life Acumen. Helping organizations build high-performance culture. There is a lot of optimism about 2021 and consensus is that it can't be worse than the last year. 2020 has been extremely tough, but many people say that it gave them time to reflect about what actually matters and what really are the important things in life. Welcome to Life Acumen at Work. Here is your host, Vinod Wadwani. Hi, this is Vinod Vadwani here and you're listening to episode number 18 of Life Acumen at Work. I'm an executive coach and in this podcast series, I discuss on topics having to do with leadership, work life and transitions. 2021 has started with the optimism that COVID-19 vaccine will bring back a sense of normalcy in these troubled times. Amid this hope, what resolutions are people making this year? My New Year's resolution is to... My New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution. To give up smoking. Not go to so many parties. I curse too much, so I'm going to quit cursing. Stop making impulsive decisions without thinking about it first. Make this year the year so I can lose weight. Gossip less. Every year I make that, but so far I haven't done a good job, so this will be the year to be more accepting of myself. We just talked about it this morning. We're going to get into some better personal fitness together. To take more risks. Many people set personal and professional goals this time of year. Why choose New Year to set resolutions? It is an interesting question. Why New Year? Why not 1st of April? Well, let's examine this from two perspectives. One is what kind of mindset the people are in as they approach the new year. Generally, in the last week, 10 days, in the run-up to the new year, the world slows down. People tend to be less stressed and there is a general sense of bonhomie. This tends to make people more reflective and propels them to appreciate the gap between some of their current unproductive behaviors and the desired more constructive behaviors. Second perspective, interestingly, is that time-related milestones such as New Year have a cleansing effect, which makes people to forgive themselves of the unproductive behaviors they've indulged in the past 12 months and make a fresh start. New Year's resolutions can be as fleeting as fireworks. One study found that about 25% give up after two weeks, and only about 12% actually achieve their goal. Why is that most of us fail at sticking to New Year's resolutions? It is a universal truth that not many of us achieve New Year's resolutions. Let's examine what is driving us to set them in the first place, whether it is our need or is it a desire. A need is a must-have and originates from a place of self-compassion deep within us, while desire is fleeting, a caprice, a fad, which originates from a place of comparison with our friends and colleagues. 
Does it mean a resolution set on the basis of a desire has very little chance of success as it originates from a place of inadequacy? You have hit the nail on the head. This new year, new you thing can actually encourage a sense of inadequacy and could imply that you are so flawed that you need total reinvention. Science suggests that the road to create healthy habits is not through self-loathing but through self-compassion. Self-compassion can be the resolution from which other healthy habits can flow. Once we are nice to ourselves, we get done a lot too. So how can we have better relationship with ourselves? First, accept yourself as you are. Give yourself a break. Speak to yourself that this is the person I am and this is the place I'm at. Second, speak to yourself as a friend. More than the COVID pandemic, we are seeing there is this mass self-harm epidemic happening and this is happening inside us and not outside. It is important that we change the way we talk to ourselves and don't be our own harsh critic and keep constantly judging ourselves. Will self-compassion not lead to complacency? Science shows that people who are motivated by self-compassion wanting the best for themselves are better able to stick to the goals long term than people who are motivated by a fleeting desire. If a sense of inadequacy is playing on your mind all the time, it is harder to pick yourself back up if you are coming from a place of self-loathing. If the fear is that self-compassion will make us complacent or make us slide into sloppy resignation, then we are misunderstanding what self-compassion is. Self-compassion is tough self-love which makes you accountable to your own self. You mentioned earlier that people get into state of bonhomie around end of the year. So is it some kind of a fantasy land mindset that people get into during this period? Well, you may call it an abstract or a conceptual mindset which is triggered by the general bonhomie in the environment away from the reality of the daily grind in management parlance it is like you have conceptualized a grand strategic plan looking at what your competitors are doing without thinking through how you will execute it effectively so does this make us to impulsively set new year's resolutions well if the resolution is originating from a place of desire then we often choose what we impulsively want over what we should choose given our needs and long-term goals. How do we get our New Year resolutions become a reality? When it comes to setting New Year's resolutions, we have to be realistic and less might actually be more. Our number of goals and their intensity should not be too overwhelming. We have to choose goals that challenge and stretch us but are not impossible. So for example, if I am a couch potato and have not run a mile at a stretch in my lifetime, but based on my desire, I set a new year resolution that I will run a half marathon in less than two hours by 31st March, then I am setting myself up for failure. Instead, setting a goal of say running a 5k race in three months is more realistic. Hence, incorporating small positive changes in your life and little modifications are a better way to go. 
So you are saying that we should not be setting up big goals as New Year's resolutions? In a way, yes. We have to be deliberate and smart in setting up our New Year goals and not set a New Year resolution out of an impulsive desire. The reason is that achieving our goals requires us to create change, which is real hard work. We all have certain traits and habits that we have built over many years and most of our New Year's resolutions and goals require us to break bad habits, which is extremely difficult to do and requires real hard work. What kind of goal should one set up to increase its chances of success? Well, I will take a leaf out of my executive coaching engagements where I urge my coaches to set SMART goals, where SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant and Time Bound. So, let's say I'm a couch potato and want to set up a running goal as a New Year's resolution. I will word my goal in this manner. Run a 5k race in 3 months, clocking a time of less than 35 minutes. Let's say you have set up a SMART goal, but how to remain committed to it for 3 months? This is a very important question. Setting a SMART goal is the easier part. The more important piece is the action plan. The step-by-step -step execution strategy you need to create. Ask yourself what actions and behaviors you need to demonstrate the habits you need to change to be able to achieve your goal. So, if your goal is to run a 5k race in good time within 3 months, your action plan has to start with changing the habit of sleeping late so that you get good amount of sleep and are well rested to have the energy to train for it early morning. For someone like me who has a habit of being glued to Netflix until late in the night and not a morning person at all, how can one break these habits and start replacing them with required actions? James Clear in his book Atomic Habits has suggested a two-minute rule which is basically to take the habit you're trying to build and scale it down to something that takes two minutes or less to do. So let's say you have to form the habit of getting up early and going for a run four days in a week. You could start with taking out your sneakers your running tees the night before and keeping them at a place where you can see them first thing as you get out from your bed. What this two-minute action does is to put a marker in your limbic memory. Small actions such as these create an entry point to form habits. Do these entry points trick the brain to start forming habits? Absolutely. Changing habits is hard work. These entry points are essential signals to the brain to formalize them in memory. These entry points can be different for different people for forming the same habit. Take my case. I'm an ardent runner and have been running for the last 10 years. Though I diligently keep my sneakers and running tees ready the night before, but there were many days when I used to put on my sneakers but still sit in the living room and start looking at my emails on the smartphone. I realized that putting on my sneakers and then sitting was giving a wrong signal to my brain. So now, the moment I put on my sneakers, I step out of my house. For me, the tipping point is the action of stepping out and closing the door behind me. I have realized this action of closing the door after stepping out signals my brain that there is no escape route available now. You better go and start running. 
listeners interested to get an insight on can human beings be reliable raters of other human beings can listen to episode number 17.1 listeners interested in the topic of workplace incivility can listen to episode number 16 on why leaders need to be mindful about how they are treating employees as i wind up this episode i would like to remind listeners that you can tune into all episodes of life acumen at work on spotify google podcasts stitcher apple podcasts and itunes thank you for listening produced by life acumen helping organizations build high performance culture